Hello and welcome to the Sun Sport Podcast with myself, Robert Grieve. With me today, Derek McGregor and David Friel. We're looking ahead to the new season. It's almost upon us now, a couple of days to go before the start of the campaign and everyone is excited, Derek, is that right? Full of the usual enthusiasm, Robert. Say that with a straight face now, Derek. (laughs) (laughs) No, but we are all excited, aren't we? The start of the new season's coming. A lot's happened this summer. The excitement is building, Derek. Well up for it, Robert. Well up for it. I think it's an intriguing season ahead. Both the top flight, the championship... We have Edinburgh City making history coming in. I think everything bodes very well for this season. Over the summer, David, what have you felt about what's happened in the summer? Signing-wise, Celtic obviously bringing in Brendan Rodgers at the end of the last season. Have you been impressed with how things have gone so far at Celtic Park? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's still early days. I mean, I think the Celtic team you've seen over the last few weeks will still be unrecognisable come the 1st of September. I still think there's a lot of business to be done both in and out. But Celtic, I think Celtic had to raise a bar, and they did that by getting Brendan Rodgers. I think the signing of Colo Turi is probably better than a lot of people think. You know, he's 35, yes, but Colo Turi's still got a few years left at the top. And I mean, the top, so he, he should cruise at Scottish football, no problem at all. Mr Dembele's come in, I think there'll be more Scots included. I'd imagine will be done at some point very soon. So, you know, I think Celtic have raised the bar, but they've had to, because they had to do something after the sort of malaise that crept in after, you know, during their own Adela reign. You know, I think I've been impressed with Brendan Rodgers and what he's done and how he's approached the whole thing, but I do think there's, there's a lot more to come, you know, I think he's, he's not even scratched the surface, really. Well, I was going to say that because I've been quite surprised at the lack of movement at, at the club at Celtic Park. I thought more signings would come in by now. I thought Brendan Rodgers would have been a bigger bigger budget so far to bring, bring in his own players that hasn't happened Derek mm. does that surprise you because yes. obviously there's a big squad at Celtic Park it's going to need to shift guys out Scott Allen were reporting today looks as if he's on his way to Rotherham for the season at least but you, you would have expected more signings by now wouldn't we? Definitely definitely, Robert I, I think I think while a lot of Celtic fans remain excited about Brendan Rodgers I think for a lot of them it's maybe gone a wee bit flat since his unveiling because I think they were expecting definitely more faces to have come in and I, I thought it was particularly interesting, Robert, on Saturday, both you and I were in Dublin, and you put Brendan Rodgers on the spot about how many new faces he thinks he still requires. And quite honestly, I was fully expecting that the, the trademark answer evade a specific number, but he came out with four. And I just wondered, reading between the lines, if that was his way of just putting Peter Lowell under a wee bit more pressure. It was quite specific, you know, and... I definitely thought they would get more new faces in. I think the prospect of putting a fifth bid in for Scott Sinclair at Aston Villa is just a little bit embarrassing. A fifth bid. Is that not what happens all day? I, I can see where you're coming from and saying that, but Celtic can't afford to throw five, no. six hundred grand extra away in a player on any, on any player. So is it not good business? David, what do you think? Is it I not think, good business from Celtic to play hardball on these yeah, things? Yeah, Scott Sinclair thing fascinates me. I can see what Derek's saying, you know, it's will increase it by 10 people. You know, there's, this, you know, there's, a, there's a tweet doing the rounds just now, we'll chuck in a lighter, it's, it's full and stuff like that, right? But this is a guy that costs 2, 2.5 million pounds. He's bombed at Aston Villa. He's been terrible. And now Aston Villa want 3.5 million or 4 million or whatever it is he wants. So I can understand Celtic. Also, I mean, having been away with Celtic and coming the pre-season, Brendan Rodgers has always, always said he wants the right players. He doesn't care about numbers. He says he's got too many players just now. He wants the right players. And we said to him, have you not backed players so far? And he said, he, his quote was, it's harder keeping players out than getting players in. He says, a lot of people want to come. I'm getting calls from agents, from players. Take him, take him, take him. He said, I will not buy and sign someone that I don't want. He said, I could have had four or five signings by now. He said, I don't want them. I want specific players. I want specific quality. So I think Brendan Rodgers, well, I think it's a gamble with the European campaign coming on, not getting more bodies in or, or better players in. 
I think he's very specific in who he wants, so I can understand why he's taking Dembele, he's taking Kolaturi, and I think it'll be enough for it at least. I think the team will be unreckoned, the team will completely change by the start of September. I think certainly with respect to Peter Lawwell when it comes to negotiating, I would have thought there'd be few better in the business than Peter Lawwell at doing a, a hardball kind of deal. I mean, where I'm coming from is, is, is based on the fact that I think season ticket money alone, they probably brought in £3 million regardless of what else was seen as separate for Brendan Rodgers. So if, if the fee's about £3 million or just over for Sinclair, then I think it'd be a real statement. They go in and get them and it's done. But listen, it's a game, of course. You're right. It's a game, Robert. You're right. But I suppose you are right, Derek, in terms of the the timing for Celtic right now. It's crucial that they get players in of, of, of quality. They don't. They haven't done that. Aye. But I, th- I think we've, we've all seen it. Every single transfer window, Celtic do this. They bide their time. They don't pay more than they think the player is worth. They're also caught in a, a difficult position because you're Aston Villa and you say, you want Scott Sinclair? You want Scott Sinclair for the qualifiers? Fine, no problem. Give us £4 million. And Celtic may be thinking, this guy isn't worth any more than two and a half. So what do you do? Do you pay over the odds to get a player just for qualifiers? Of course. Do you speculate to accumulate? Or do you think, no, we're not going to chuck money away? It's a hard one. It's a balance in that. Of course. Well, it is a balance in well, that. Well, I, spo- I suppose what we also can't underestimate is the presence of Keith Wynes as Villa's new chief exec. And, we all know Keith from his time up yeah. here, and I wouldn't imagine he'd be immediately inclined to do Celtic a favour. Exactly. You know? But that's the thing, I mean, obviously Villa are in no rush to sell any of their players right now, they don't have to. They know that Celtic are in desperate need, so they can they can bide their time. But I think we're all in agreement, aren't we? Scott Sinclair is going to be a Celtic yeah. player. It's going to happen yeah. next week, if, if not the week after, it is going to happen. Seeing the flip side of this, Robert, I also guess it's quite an interesting point in the sense that Celtic are trying to get Scott Sinclair for a certain fee. But seeing the flip side, Stefan Johansson has been wanted by Galatasaray. And Galatasaray saying to Celtic, we'll give you 1.2 million for him. Yeah. And Celtic are saying, no, we've got qualifiers. If you're <laughs> going to take him, we want 2.5. So it's kind of, you know, you Stefan Johansson hasn't been involved in the squad because his wife's been given yeah, birth, which yeah. another story altogether. But, but you can't have it both ways in terms of Celtic are wanting players for a certain price for the qualifiers, but then they're asking for more money for players. Because they're in the So you, it's, it's, as I say, it's a balance in that. Swings and rounds about, gentlemen, that's yeah. what happens. It's the way that we're. Like Sunsport on Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. <laughs> what about Rangers? I mean, obviously, they've had good business, I think, in the summer. Joey Barton was a big name that Mark Walton brought in. Uh, Nico Cranshaw, again, another big name, albeit not the fittest player in the last uh, few months, but for me, I think he's going to be potentially a sensation mm-hmm. in Scottish football. Uh, if he can get fit. Have you been impressed, David, with what Mark Warburton's done? Because this is a big, big season for him. Yeah, I, th- I think if you if you look at the players that have gone out in terms of, you know, your, your Nicky Clarks, Dean Shields, Nicky Laws, uh, Zella Lane, all these guys that have, have been kind of shipped out to the players that have come in, the standard has increased tenfold for me. I think Joey Barnes a great sign, and Nico Kranjkar as well. I think Joe Dudu will be very good. Josh Windass, I've been impressed with him. Um, I think you'll see the best of Nicola Haller after he's settled as well. I think middle to front Rangers look really strong. Jordan Russell is one they even mentioned. He's hardly yeah. played. England are the team captain. I think he'll be a very good sign and Rangers will make a bit of money on him down the line. I think middle to front Rangers are very, very strong. But we can see what's coming here, David yeah, Gammy. My one surprise <laughs> is the defence. I, I, I can't believe, and, and I know Matt Walton's still trying to strengthen the defence, but Rangers are basically going to start the season with the same goalkeeper, the same back four, that finished the season against Hibs in the Scottish Cup final. We saw what happened there. And I just think if Rangers, I think middle to front there's not a problem. I think they can they can handle it. I think they can they can be a match for anyone. I just think defence as things stand will come back to haunt them unless it's strengthened. And I mean I think I think another two starters, two regulars Rangers need to bring in defence. You agree with that, Derek? I mean obviously Clint Hill was the the one real signing defensively that he brought in. Huge experience, obviously, but people will look at his age and think, 
what is he? Like late thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Mm. I mean, is that is that good news for Rangers bringing a player in, or, or is it? I mean, some people will say they need that experience. They need someone of his his caliber. But where do you stand on that one? I was in a camp when he was signed. Obviously, you look at his age, and immediately there's skepticism, there's doubts, there's negativity. I, I was in the camp that thought that could actually be a shrewd one, probably influenced by the Davy Weir kind of element yeah. when he arrived. I mean, I think as much for behind the scenes as well, because I think Mark Warburton, while he, he, he promotes the idea of bringing through young players, he's also big on senior mentor figures like Kenny Miller, and you know he talks about Lee Wallace in that bracket, although Lee's not the oldest. But So I saw Clint Hill has been very good in that respect. I have not seen any of Rangers, I've not even seen footage of even the, the Burnley game yet, Robert, but by all accounts, Clint Hill was badly exposed. Now, I think Danny Wilson suspended this week, so that would suggest Hill's going to start Hamilton Ackies. He should be okay. Will he be for the rest of the season throughout a campaign? Mm. He should be okay, but I mean, I, I think as David says, I think they probably they need, I think, probably someday that's maybe maybe early 30s, late 20s, to go in as a regular starter. People are viewing Kiernan as more of the weak link. Well, certainly he was exposed, wasn't he, in the Scottish Cup final? Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's been glossed over because obviously what happened Dreadful. in the aftermath of that game. I mean, is he someone, David, that you think can play at, at I, the highest I, level in Scotland, or is, I, that, is he the weak link, as Derek says? We, we don't really know because the, the, the problem is, I mean, we're trying to base the Rangers' defence, and I'm, I'm not talking about middle of the front because I do think middle of the front are very good. You've made that point, good. Derek, you've made that point. So, yeah. defensively, you can only base it on the games last season against really Falkirk Cubs, the Scottish Cup games. So there was a mixture against Indy at home, Rangers cruised at 1 4 0. Against Celtic, they'd loads of the ball, Rangers. Celtic were appalling, but Celtic had 33 attempts in goal that day. And then you saw what happened with Hibs, away games at Falkirk. I don't know if, if Rob Kearney and Danny Wilson is the right partnership for Rangers to step up. And I, I, I do think, you know, Rangers for me, I'll say it again, they've signed players middle to front that will start every week, that, that are an increase in quality. They have not signed players in defence that will start every week for me. I, th- I think another issue is. For all his goals, is James Tavernier right back? Is he necessarily? I mean, they brought Lee Hodgson in. It's just the system they play, Derek, isn't it? It's not so yeah. much his incapable of the fact that he's incapable of playing defensively. The fact that he's 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 urged to go so far high up the park, vulnerable. which leaves a oh, gap well, behind well, him. Here's, here's, ah. I was talking to somebody, a player from another club the other day, and I said to him, he, he was saying Rangers will be very good, but the defence may let them down. But his point was, Kieran Wilson got a hard time. But it wouldn't matter who they played at centre half. Yeah. Because of the way Mark Robin lines the team up mm. and has a system that the defenders are always going to get exposed. Also, I thought it was interesting one of the Rangers fan sites recently ran a poll, I think it was last week, who should start at right back? And they said Lee Hodson. Well, I think the fans voted Lee Hodson, which I, I, I think James Tavernier has been a good player for the Rangers. But I think the, the feeling was that he was a bit more. You push steady. him further forward? Yeah, he was a bit more steady. So I, I, I do think, and even Rangers fans you speak to, I think they're all in agreement that Rangers need to sign a quality centre-half, at least one. Well, for me, from, from what I've seen of Rangers, certainly at that stage of the last season, they need the centre-halves who like to defend. Mm. For me, Danny Wilson is great with the ball at his feet, the same Rob Kiernan. They're decent with the ball at their feet. They need guys who can go and attack the ball when it's there to be to be won defensively. And I don't think these guys are, are, are good enough at that. That's where I thought Clint Hill may be good because, I mean, the greatest of respect to Clint Hill, he's not a ball-playing centre-half. He's just an attacker. He tacks the ball on the deck in the air. And I thought that might work in the, the SBFL, even allowing for his age. So I, I, I totally agree with you. I think that's what they need. They just need a, a kind of um, no-nonsense centre-half. Well, maybe the, the signing of Joey Barton, though, that's going to be 
a masterstroke with Mark Warburton in the sense that he's going to protect oh, the defence. Yeah, he's yeah. going to, from what we've seen so far, he's excelled and I know he's been up against very little, but he's going to be a crucial player for Rangers, not just in terms of the name, mm-hmm. not just in terms of what he brings behind the scenes, but on the pitch, he's going to protect the defence, which which could be crucial for him. And likes a tackle, Barton, to be fair. I mean, you know, he's not just spraying the ball about. You know, he's a, he has a good shield, doesn't he? Yeah. Joey Barton, cruising. Joey Barton, yeah. I think a revelation for Rangers. He will be. He should be. I mean, he's got the quality, and he saw what he did in the English Championship last year, so he should have no problems up here at all. Well, you've made it very clear, uh, David. You think Rangers are good middle to front. I mean, where, where should we be thinking Rangers should be finishing, Derek? What, what do you think in terms of what's realistic for Rangers? Because there'll be Rangers fans sitting here right now going to Rangers game at the weekend, thinking we're challenging, we're back, and we're looking for an instant challenge on Celtic. Is that realistic? I think top three, Robert. I, I, I'm not so sure about the title, but I definitely think top three. I know we'll touch on other teams as we, as we go on. Hearts, I don't think Hearts are particularly recruited well. Are Aberdeen still, is, is Scott, sorry Derek, is Aberdeen, no, no. Are, they, are they still the second force? Are they still, is Scott, Brown right? Scott Brown made that point this week and he was saying it to Wayne Folk up, there's no doubt about it, yeah. but is he right? I would agree. I would, I would say Aberdeen at the moment are still second for me and I would say Rob, I'd, I'd probably look at Rangers third. Top three Rangers for me. We've still got a few more weeks to transfer window left. If Rangers, as we're discussing, bring in an impressive centre half. Listen, that could change uh, perceptions. As things stand, looking at all the signings, I'd say top three, but I'd definitely say Aberdeen are still the, the strongest challengers. I think Aberdeen are very similar to the Angels in the sense that they need a centre half, yeah. maybe even two. I think Aberdeen, middle to front, are very good. I mean, they've signed. You see that once more, you're not getting back in here. I'm just going to keep saying it. Jane Stockley, Mel Story, uh, Lloyd Burns come up. So they've now got five really strikers, if you like to You're not a fan of Ash Taylor, are you, David? No, not at all. And that's what that's, I generally think it'll come down to. You know, I think Celtic are still the team to beat. I think Celtic will improve as well because we'll sign more players as we talked about earlier on. But I think whoever signs better defensively in the next month will pose the biggest challenge. That's that's. I, I don't. I, th- I think. I think. Other than that, I think there's no reason why Rangers can't finish above Aberdeen. There's no reason why Aberdeen shouldn't finish above Rangers. I, mean, I, th- I, th- I think. What, I think. What definitely encourages Aberdeen and Rangers is I don't think Celtic are particularly better. Well, that, Derek, that's season. one of the points I was going to make. Should we be sitting here questioning whether Rangers should be challenging Celtic? Should Celtic not be far and away better Rangers they than should. better than Aberdeen but, right now? But, that there shouldn't be any but, talk of a challenge. But given what's happened to Rangers in the last three or four years, mm-hmm. should we even be discussing Rangers as a title to contenders? Have Celtic, have they done enough in the last few years to, to, to strengthen their squad and get so far ahead of Rangers? This, not for me, Robert. See, Robert, Robert this takes not it back to the argument about Brendan Rodgers wanting to sign players that will go straight into his team. Ronnie Dyer signed players that didn't go straight into his team. Scott Allen was signed last summer with a high-profile time, uh, signing at the time. He's now going to Rotherham. Brendan Rodgers will clear out about 10, at least 10 of those players. Ronnie Dyer signed so many players but still really used Neil Lennon's players if you actually look at his, his first choice team. So I think that's where Brendan Rodgers will differ. And that's why I'm saying... But that was a policy of the clubs, David, as much as it was a policy of Ronnie Dyer. 100%. But that's my point. I don't think Brendan Rodgers will stand for that. I don't think Brendan Rodgers will just sign guys for the sake of it. You know, you have Gary Mackay, Stevens, Scott Allen, the best one in the world, Ryan Christie. See, what I'm saying, they're stockpiling mm. players. I think Rodgers would rather bring guys up for youths and actually sign a guy who's ready to go in and make a difference in his team so have Celtic done enough to, to move move away in the last few years no not at all because they've signed guys who, who patently weren't good enough and I think that's where Brendan Rodgers will differ and that's why we're sitting here saying you know I think Rangers have done pretty much most of their business bar a defender maybe another striker I don't think Celtic have even started yeah. with their signings at all so I think the Celtic team just now I would think just now it should be strong enough to win the league but I think should it, be. Celtic, it should be, it should be. But I think the Celtic team comes September the first. I think 
should definitely be strong enough to do that. But that's I the think thing, it will improve a lot. There will be Celtic fans who will sit here right now and they'll say they couldn't care less about Rangers, they're only interested in Celtic, and there might be a, a, a percentage who, who that's, that's true. But there will be Celtic fans who are sit, sitting worried that they aren't far enough ahead, mm-hmm. that the Rangers could come back and win the league. And if that was to happen, I would say an awful lot about Celtic's policy in the last two or three years. Without a doubt. I mean, I, I, I definitely think Celtic do stand accused of, of of wasting their advantage. You know, they they still have an advantage, but it's nowhere nowhere near as it should be, as you've touched on. I think, you know, I, I think the calibre of signing that's been made has, has not taken them as further forward as it sh- you know as they should have done. Um, I think signings like Scott Allen was a complete waste. I mean, if I'm looking at that completely cynically, I think that was just to, to stick it up, Rangers. You can't get them. We'll go and buy them and then we'll park them. Waste of a signing for me. Waste of 18 months for the boy. We don't know how good he could have been for Celtic. You know, I just think that kind of signing, you know, I didn't think that signing was, you know, made with any real intent. I think there was an opportunity there to go. Rangers couldn't do it. Rangers were up in their bids by 50 grand. Celtic just went in. There you go, take that. And I just thought, waste, complete waste. Well, maybe Rangers will nip in there and sign Scott Sinclair. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. <laughs> what, what about the bottom end of the, the table? That's obviously going to be, be fascinating as always. The, the introduction of the playoffs in the last year or two has been fantastic. I think last year it was, it was brilliant to see and it made real drama towards the end of the season. We've had stories about Kilmarnock which seem quite worrying. David, uh, the management there, obviously under a little bit of pressure. How do you see things there? Because it all doesn't look well at rugby park. No, I, I don't like it when teams buy in bulk. I don't. I, I just don't think it works. You know, someone can. How are they middle to front though? Middle to front. Let <laughs> <laughs> uh, me think about this. I mean, that's what I'm saying. They've seen a cast of thousands. They signed eleven players in one day. They had them all lined up. It was the last supper. And, um, <laughs> it was. I just don't think it ever works. And, and the thing is, as well, see if they signed 11 players and it's a mixture of experience. But it was like it seemed to me the averages was 20 guys coming from from English lower leagues. And I, I just I, I don't think it'll end well at Kilmarnock. I really don't. I, I, you know, towards the end of last season, Lee Clark seemed to get a response. You know, guys like Greg Kelly were doing well, Josh McGuinness. But I just don't really see it working this season at all. And I think they need to add, I don't know, just a little bit of experience, just a, a little bit about how many play, more players can they sign, is they sign 11, so I don't think that'll end well at all, there was fears last week about Lee Clark's future, I think over the next couple of months, I think you know, I think it'll be defining, um, will he see out the season, will he be there, I don't know. We'd be expecting to be one of the teams toiling this season, David, we do our predictions for the paper on Saturday, I know you're very bold when you make your predictions with these things. Um, I certainly won't be going for Kelly for the title that's for sure Kelly not for the title not this year <laughs> I mean how do you th- see things panning out down at the end of the table Derek because teams are in desperate need of staying in the top division these days aren't they they can't afford to slip into that and as we say Kilmarnock at the minute or maybe a lot of people's tips who, who, are, you, who are you predicting are going to be down at uh, I'm very much still considering it at the minute uh, Robert I mean as one who tipped last season Partick Thistle to go down that was badly exposed <laughs> Kilmarnock they are kind of looking an obvious choice at the moment because things are not right at that club obviously behind the scenes with Michael Johnston there's a power play in the boardroom as we all know with previous clubs that generally doesn't tend to uh, work out well for the actual football team when that's happening David's right I, I agree with David also in the sense that when you bring in so many players it's a huge gamble but I suppose it's one thing bringing in 11 senior players it's another bringing in 11 kids and you know by all accounts you know that 
there's already question marks over their quality. I think Lee Clark said at the end of last season he was looking to bring in to improve the quality. Mm, that's very questionable at the minute. Kelly are looking an obvious favourite at the minute, Robert, I must admit. You know, and you also tend to think immediately of Hamilton, which is probably unfair, but smallest budget, smallest club. But Kilmarnock, probably, if I was looking at it, I would probably tip them at the minute, but... I reserve the right to change my mind on that one. Do you know the one? For me, I, I agree. I think it's between Hamilton and Kilmarnock. Purely on, I think Kilmarnock's problems, their problems, and, and Hamilton's budget and the size of the club. I think what Hamilton do have in their favour is a spirit. Mm. You know, Donati will be a good signing for him as well. Donati will be a good signing. Uh, Matthews, the goalkeeper they've got known from Norwich. I watched him on Saturday. Very impressed. Good keeper, good size. You know, Michael McGovern, big gloves to fill. But Remy Matthews looks very good. The Greek defender, Saris did his job you know didn't mess about but I, I think Hamilton had two or three at a time and I, I know they get guys from here there and everywhere but there seems to be a bit of a spirit they always seem to find a way don't they they found a way they like you know Martin Cannon you know I know the fans give him stick the players like him the players like uh, Guillaume Buzelin who's, who's obviously the coach you speak to anybody at Hamilton there seems to be a good spirit there they don't have any delusions of grandeur they don't have ideas above their station they want to finish you know if they finish 10th it's ideal if they finish 11th then they'll handle it they'll get into the playoff but their first thing, their first thought is to stay in the league. And I just think the spirit, that, that kind of tight pitch, I think that goes in their favour. So if, if you were asking me if I think Hamilton have a better chance to get out of the Kilmarnock, 100%. I think Inverness are an interesting one as well with Richie Foran. I, I know they've been scoring goals for fun pre-season and in the other cup games, but they do still have good, solid pros in there. Gary Warren, uh, Draper. Um, but you, I think it's difficult to look beyond Kilmarnock or Hamilton. You can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at thescottysun.co.uk slash sport. What about the championship? Because, I mean, you look at the teams here, I think that's going to be a fantastic league. You've obviously got Hibs still down there, Dundee United were relegated, they look decent so far in pre-season. St Mirren, for me, have signed some really good players, Mm -hmm. and I would not be surprised at all if Alec Ray can get them into the playoffs at the very least. Who would be your who would be your tips, gentlemen, for for that division? Because you have clubs have a real ambition to get back, get get up or get back up. I think I think that's your top four right there. I think Dunfermline will, will have a go as well because they're a big club. Probably got a wee bit of backing behind them as well. But I would I would say, Hibston, United, Falkirk, and St. Mirren in that order. I think Falkirk losing Bill Volks is a huge blow. Mm. You know, I think for me it was arguably. I know John McGinn got a lot of plaudits in Championship last year. I thought Bill Volks was outstanding. Big games. He was a big game player. He was scored goals about the pitch really good player so losing him to Rotherham is a blow and I just look at Hibs and I just think Neil Lennon will get him over the line a winner a guy that knows how to get the job done and the one thing he's done as well is sign a goalkeeper he signed an Israeli international goalkeeper eh, Marciano don't know his first name Rocky off you off you eh, sorry I think you know. I think Grant Holt's a good a good signing. I think Jason Cummins new contract is brilliant news John McGinn looks as if he's staying you've got James Keaton's there as well Paul Hanley's stayed I think Hibs will be too strong I do think the United will, will run them close because I think they've got a proper manager. I think the McCann knows what he's doing. He's signed well. He's got a couple of you know, guys like Will Flood, Stuart Lubbock, good signings. The big Dutch boy, Van der Velden up front. If he can get a centre half, I think he'd go really close to Hibs. Um, but I think Hibs will just look too much. I think Alec Ray will be delighted all the focus is on the other teams. I, I think Alec Ray's done well since he's come in. I think he, you know, he, he came in at a difficult time and, and he's kind of stabilised it, he's made some shrewd signings, you know, and I think they're totally under the radar. Well, I was going to say, they're middle of the front. They're very well, David, <laughs> took the words right from my mouth. 
<laughs> well, gentlemen, thanks very much for your time this morning. Myself, Robert Grieve. With me was Derek McGregor and David Friel. Thanks very much for joining us. Cheers, Robert. Cheers, Robert.